0: All right, I have a question for you this morning. I have a question for you this morning. How's your soul? How's your soul? This should not be a strange or rare question, should it? Um, it should be asked often, how's your soul? It's a little different from asking, how are you? Right? We ask that all the time. How are you? What's the answer? Fine. <laughs> Fine. But if I ask you, how's your soul, that kind of demands... A little bit deeper answer, doesn't it? A more honest answer, probably. And this is what we've been talking about for this whole series, which we are concluding today, on, on how to have a resilient faith and a resilient soul. We've been talking about that, about how the soul is the integration of your whole person. It's not just a spiritual part of you. It's your spirit. It's your heart, your emotions, your mind, your will, your, even your body. It all affects your soul. It's the whole of you. And so this is why just becoming a Christian and getting your spirit right with God doesn't necessarily mean you're going to become emotionally healthy right off the bat. That that is something that God is going to be working on in your emotions. It doesn't, and it also doesn't mean that you might be very mentally stable and, and your body is in good shape and all that, but if your spirit's not right with God, your soul's still going to be off. Understand, we're a whole person, and God wants to minister to the whole person. He wants to bring restoration and healing to your whole soul. So how's your soul? How's your soul? Is your mind spinning lately? Do you have a lot of things on your mind that you're wondering about, what to do about? Do you need to sit down and talk with somebody about that just to get all that stuff in your mind? Or maybe, how's your heart? Are you grieving? Are you, are you struggling? Are you, are you weeping a lot? Is there, is there sadness in you? Is there some way that and you need that, that, your heart to be ministered to through prayer, through a friend to pray with? Maybe your body's in need of some help. Maybe you've been eating a lot of junk food. And uh, I know that's true for me. We just got back from a wedding of my son, and boy, did we eat. And so my body, yeah, my body's in need of a little restoration, a little, a little healthy eating maybe it's your spirit maybe it's been a while since you spent some time with jesus and maybe your spirit needs to just rest in his presence how's your soul we need to get used to checking in on our soul this is a practice of a healthy person to check in on your soul on all of your soul your body your mind your spirit your your emotions to check in and say, how is it? And we want to remember that God cares about your soul. It was interesting that after the first um, lesson in this series, I had someone say to me, you know, I'd never really thought of the soul being this broad idea of of the whole person. And she said, and now I read certain scriptures differently. Like if you go to Psalm 23, 1 to 3, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul that beautiful? Now you think about that as your whole person. It's not just some spiritual thing. It's all of you. Your whole being, your very essence, God wants to restore it. Amen. Oh, it's beautiful. And so today we're kind of closing this series uh, about talking about how do we serve outward now from a healthy soul. A lot of this series has been a bit inward, a bit reflective on how our soul is and where we are with the Lord and our emotions and so on. But it should come no surprise that then if we want to be people who serve, we just talked about that a little bit this morning, being people of the kingdom who, who shine the light outward in the, into our communities and to one another. If we're going to be that kind of person, if it's coming from an unhealthy place in our soul, then that's gonna be a problem, right? Our service is gonna to, going to run into some problems. We may end up serving people just because we want them to like us because we're desperate to be liked. And so we're not serving because of them, we're serving actually because of us. Or sometimes we could end up serving because we just feel guilty all the time and we can't say no, we can never set a boundary, so we're just always serving, 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 and we're getting tired. Or we may end up serving because we're trying to be a super Christian because we've got to show everybody we got it together. And so it's all coming out of some kind of pride or, or just trying to bolster ourselves up. And so we serve out of this weird motive to be noticed. Or, or some of us serve even when body and soul and mind are completely depleted. But we just keep serving and serving and serving until we completely burn out. And then wonder why we never want to serve anyone ever again. We just burn out. <laughs> So we don't want any of that, right? We don't want any of that. So we're going to talk today how to serve from a healthy soul. How do we serve from a healthy soul? And the first thing I want to show you is a little picture here. And that is that the healthy soul feeds healthy service. Okay, That we only can give what we have received out. Part of the reason for wanting to have a healthy soul is so we can give out freely. So we can give out in a healthy and wonderful way. So we can be available emotionally and mentally to to serve and to give. Whether it's in the church or out in the community or even in our workplace and our families. We want to have that healthy part within us so that we can love and give without burning out and drying up and washing out. But we can only do that from a healthy soul. Interesting scriptures talk about this. Um, Deuteronomy sixteen seventeen says, each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. I find this interesting. I mean, he's talking primarily in that verse about money, but it's so true of all of our resource, including our emotional resource. We can only give in proportion to the way we've been blessed. We can't give something we don't have. Same with Matthew 10, 7, and 8. It says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So I love that it's in the context of doing all this ministry, right? Healing the sick and the cleansing and the lepers and all that sort of stuff. And he's saying, but, but you, it's assuming that you've received if you're going to be able to give. You have to have, been, have received something to give. We can't, I like to say this to the staff all the time you can't give out of an empty well. If we're never getting filled up, we have nothing to give out. And here's the scary thing if you have even just a little bit of natural talent, you can give out of an empty shell for a long time. And people might not even know it. I mean, I could stand up here. I, I've been doing this long enough that I could stand up here and give you a year's worth of sermons that have no spiritual depth at all, <laughs> you know, because, I, you know, I just have done it enough, right? So I could, just, I could just put it by you, and maybe some of you that have real discernment would figure it out, but you might not, right? You wouldn't know if my soul was shriveling up and dying because you can do it on natural talent. It's the same if you're in children's ministry. It's the same if you're giving groceries. We can do anything out of the flesh out of our natural talents, and often people won't know the difference. But guess what? Over time, it catches up with you. What do we think is happening with Southern Baptists right now and all of that mess? And, you know, it's not a surprise, right, that, that people in some kind of power can, can, can fall in such terrible ways, but what is happening? And I think in many cases, there's lots of things happening there, but one of the things happening is that they lost track of their soul, So you can stand up here and preach and then do other things that you would never imagine. So we have to to look out for our souls, people. If we want to serve in a way that brings honor to God and that continues to bring honor to God for over the long haul, we can give out of an empty well for only a time, and then it will catch up. So here's an important related point to this. When we do serve... And we help other people disciple people help them train up they come alongside us as we're working in ministry doing things in the church well we want to be able to show them a healthy way of doing the christian life see what we don't want to do is have someone come alongside us and what they learn from us is frenetic giving (laughs) you know serving out of an empty shell never spending time with jesus never saying no never setting boundaries and that's what people are learning from us and we're just perpetuating the unhealthiness right to the next generation People are watching us. Leaders in this church, people are watching you. Your children, parents are watching you. How do you live your your spiritual life? Are you able to have a healthy soul? Can you begin to use the practices that we've been talking about all along this series of silence and Sabbath and solitude with God? Of worshiping him and, and starting to delight in him, just spending that time with Jesus. Of letting him get in our inner being. Remember talking about our emotional life and, and letting him get close and into those wounds and into those places that need healing so that we can be set free. Last week, David talked about knowing God is our father and, and how that gives us an identity and as a child of God. This is what people are watching for. This is, more is caught than taught, right? So this is the life that I want to lead. This is the kind of soul I want to have so that when I give out, people see what God can do. So the key here is that we don't have to have all our issues figured out before we can start serving. I'm not saying, okay, then spend, you know, 20 years getting your soul healthy, and then at the end of your life, you can start serving people. No, that's not the idea either. Part of serving is going to help your soul. But if we're not receiving anything from the Lord, then what we give is going to be out of an empty shell. And this is true for every one of us. It's true for me in ministry. It's true for any of you that are in volunteer leadership in ministry. It's true if you work in a business, if you work outside and you work and you build things, or if you have your mom or dad at home. It doesn't matter what your vocation is. We can all serve out of an emptiness or we can all serve out of a fullness. So let's serve out of some fullness, right? Let's get our souls healthy. That healthy soul is going to feed good service. But now, here's the thing. The reverse is also true, that that healthy service then begins to bring a health to your soul. An inward-only facing soul is not healthy. So we need to face inward to to deal with ourselves and know where we are with Jesus and and grow in our walk with him and our relationship with him. We need to reflect and have an examined life. But we also need to balance that by giving out, and that's going to help our own soul. It's just like the, you know, the proverbial pool, right? If it has no outflow, what happens to it? It just stagnates, right? It covers up with algae and just gets stinky and nasty because there's no inflow and outflow of it. It's the same with our souls, right? They get stagnant if we're never giving out. And so that's part of what we're talking about today, that one of the most rewarding things you can do in life is to have a healthy soul and then give out to others in a healthy way. Oh, it's so nice. It's so beautiful there's a reason jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive it's more blessed to give than receive there's a blessing that comes back when you give and i'll just tell you a bit of a personal story about this that um it has been such a blessing for me to have a starting over place here in north carolina this last year that you know i was in the same place for a long time and i did a ton of service different things as a volunteer and as a pastor and so on and you know I always struggled with balance. If you knew me at all, I always praying I would need balance, you know, and I'm a busy, active person. I like to get things done. Um, I'm just, you know, I like to be busy and, um, but, you know, I can sometimes fall into doing it all and forgetting to pray, forgetting to, you know, spend time and, and take breaks and put in... Put in boundaries, and so it was always a struggle. And I've shared a little bit how in the past I really struggled with anxiety at one point because it was just too much. I was trying to control everything and make it all happen. I've had other times where I have, you know, got woken up and realized I hadn't spent time with Jesus in months. Like I was just going on doing my thing with my kids and ministry and so on, and 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 just not getting that well filled up. And so people wouldn't necessarily always know. Uh, Ministry carried on, my life carried on, but it wasn't, it doesn't have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that it needed. It didn't have the peace. I didn't have the peace throughout it. And so it's been beautiful for me to have a a do-over, a start-over here. And I've made a point from the very beginning to say, I'm going to create a good rhythm here, a healthy rhythm here, of boundaries, of spending time with Jesus, of coming in, I come into the sanctuary in the morning, I just sit here. Actually, I sit here. (laughs) I sit right there and just spend time with Jesus and let him listen, you know, minister to me just over and over again. I want that to be where it all comes from. And i got to tell you something, that while I'm busier probably now than I've ever been before, and yet there's more peace, and there's more joy, and there's more life in it. See, this is, this is not theoretical, what I'm talking about here. Now, listen, I'm not perfect. I still mess it up. I still get my boundaries off. I still, my husband has to say, are you, you know, when are you coming home? <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I still have to struggle with getting those boundaries right and getting that rhythm right. But this is not theoretical. This is real. Having a healthy soul will give you a, an attitude in service that will be life-giving. It will be refreshing you won't be like oh god i got to help in children's ministry again or i got to help in this again no you'll be like when can i do children's ministry i can't wait when can i help clean up after a a funeral or when can i be here because there'll be such joy and such strength in your own walk with jesus that you can give out of that healthy pool does that make any sense church do we want that yes yes we do So let's ask ourselves these two questions first is what is the outflow of my life let's take an assessment am i what do people experience from me are are they experiencing peace and joy Um, am i giving myself to others am i engaged in ministry whether it's in the church or with my neighbors or with my my friends or at work am i am i engaged outwardly and how's my soul am i taking on some of these practices that will feed a healthy soul Am I giving out of an empty place, or is Jesus filling me up regularly? Am I feeling exhausted and depleted, or am I feeling full? This is a question we need to ask ourselves. How's my soul? How's my soul? How's your soul? And so today, as I'm concluding the series, I'm I'm focusing on how we can give out. I want to give you just a couple practical things that we can look at, which maybe help us as we are assessing the answers to these questions. Three things to remember as we give out. Okay, so, you know, you are all wonderful and good people, and you do serve all the time. Uh, And so I know that that that's what you do. And so this is something you can ask yourself as you're serving, just to remember. These are things to remember as you're helping others. And the first thing is maybe the most important, and I love that we sang I Am Who I How does that go? I Am Who You Say I Am, uh, uh, that song this morning, because it's all about identity. The first thing we got to do is remember our identity. In one of Jesus' most clear cases of just simple service to others, there's a reference to identity. Let's read from John 13, 1 to 5. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Jesus knew who he was. Did you catch that? It said he put all things he knew that god had put all things under his power that he had come from god and was returning to god returning to god he knew who he was where he came from and where he was going and because of that he could serve let me tell you something that didn't just get him through washing the disciples feet that got him through being whipped and tortured and dying on a cross because he knew who he was he knew who he belonged to he knew where he was going When you have that kind of identity that's solid within you, you can do anything. You can serve any way. And this is the place our service needs to come from. I know who I am who you say I am. I am who you say I am. Sing that this week. I know who I am. And it doesn't matter what people think about us or what they do to us, that we know who we are and we serve out of that love. And of who we are that i'm a beloved child of god that christ is within me that i'm 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 saved and and by grace and i'm his child now here's some signs here's some signs that we might not be serving from our identity okay you may not see all of these but some of these may resonate with you and these are these are indicators that we say oh maybe i'm not serving from my identity i need to get back to my identity one is that we get tired and resentful because we're saying yes for all the wrong reasons We've we've talked about that in previous weeks. It's like looking, it's it's that people-pleasing thing, right? We're saying yes just to please people as opposed to doing it out of our own, um, knowing that God is calling us to do it. We may feel empty with nothing left to give. It's a clear sign that we need to sit at Jesus' feet and remember who we are. Let him speak to you about who you are. We may find that we're obsessed with what people think about, uh, what they think about what we're doing or how we're serving. We want to feel good about what we're doing, right? And so we wanna know, d- did they see it, did they like it? So that's, that's all a sign that we're, we're doing it from an identity problem, that we're not doing it from our identity in Christ. We may martyr. You know anybody that martyrs? <laughs> no, it's okay, I'll do it. You guys go, I'll, I'll take it on. Or, or, you know, you take the last cookie. I know you've had four and I haven't had any, but you take it, it's okay. I just want you to know that I will never martyr over a cookie, okay? Uh, if there's one left, my kids know, okay, this is a complete aside, but my kids know that if there is one cup, cupcake or cookie sitting on the counter, death to them if they touch it. I mean, they know. <laughs> Cut off their hand. I mean, that's mom's. Or Krispy Kreme, <laughs> or Krispy Kreme Yeah. But again, this is a sign that we're not serving out of our identity, that we're serving out of some other need to either, you know, just I'll do it because no one else will do it or prove something about ourselves. So this is a sign, it's a symbol, the sign that we're not serving from our identity. We may wonder, why am I doing all this when other people aren't doing anything? Have you ever said that? (laughs) Where's everybody else? Why am I the only one doing this? It's a legitimate question why other people aren't helping, but that's not your issue. Our issue is, am I doing this for Jesus or not? Am I doing this out of my identity in Jesus? Or am I just doing it because I think everybody else should do it too? Or we get annoyed when others don't recognize or appreciate what we're doing. Again, where's our identity? Where do we get... Who are we pleasing? Are we pleasing God? Are we pleasing men? And so all of these are indicators. These are, when you start to see this kind of thinking in your brain, it should set off a little red flag, and you say, I need to go check on my soul. I need to go check that I remember who I am in Christ, that I am loved by him, I'm his child, that it doesn't matter what other people think, that I can just walk and I know who I am and where I'm going and that Jesus is with me and that's, that's what matters, that I'm hearing from him and doing what he's asked me to do, not what anybody else expects me to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. We need to do soul checks. We got to check on our soul. How's your soul? Got to check on our soul. So the second thing I want you to remember, so we first remember our identity as we're serving, but the second thing to remember is that people are only human. This is important to remember when we serve people. And I love that Jesus did this so well. Jesus is so tender. He understood people so deeply while completely knowing exactly who they are right? It's kind of amazing. I love this passage from John 2, 23 to 25, and it says, Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, this is Jesus, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. So he's getting all this positive acclaim, right? Ministry's going great. But this is what he said, Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need only testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. This is so key that when our service is coming from a place of love and compassion for people, we can see them as made in the image of God and very much loved by him, but also oh so human. And we can, we can accept their humanness. Let's just get real here. People can be aggravating, so aggravating, frustrating, stubborn. Do the same dumb thing over and over again. Do you know anybody like that? They can be needy and demanding, ungrateful. So can we, right? (laughs) Can we love anyway from a healthy place? From a healthy place, not trying to please and not trying to, you know, Make them like us, just from a healthy place of love, Jesus' love for them. This is so key. This is how God loves. Signs that we're not serving from a love for people. We find ourselves having judging thoughts. Why should I help this person? They're not doing anything. They keep doing the same mistake over and over again. Why should I help them? They don't deserve our help. That's a sign we're not serving from love for people. Now, there may be a point at which we are called to say, I think I've done enough for them. And if they're gonna keep making the same mistake, I'm gonna let them fall and make the mistake, right? There's sometimes a place for that. But it's not for us to judge them. It's for us simply to love and to release when we need to release. Another sign that we're not serving from a love for people is when we're annoyed when people don't give back to us after all we've done for them. Paul said that, I think. That's, again, not freely giving out of a love for people, but it's got strings attached, right? Um, for us control people, we know that we're not serving from a love for people when we feel the need to fix every problem and then we get annoyed when people don't take our great advice. Can't resist giving advice. Or we find that we're often in conflict with the people we serve or are serving or we feel like we failed either feeling angry or guilty or shame when people don't thrive or do the right thing even after we've really worked with them we feel like it reflects on us how many of us parents feel that way when our adult children go off and do things and we're thinking oh i must have been a terrible parent <laughs> you know how, how do they go off and do all of these things And we can feel like we failed we have to realize that people are only human Our kids are only human. As much as we love them, they are human. They're going to make their own mistakes. And same with people that we we know here in the church or people that we serve in the community. Can we serve simply out of a love for them? Serving from a healthy soul means that we don't have to judge them. We don't have to control them. We don't need to fix everything. We just need to love and serve and then release the rest to God. Okay? And that's a key thing release them to God. I'm not responsible for other people's actions. I'm only called to be faithful to what I'm called to do and then let God take care of the rest. Amen? Amen. 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 Parents need to hear that one more time. You're called to love them and be faithful to them in that moment and then release them to God. Harder, easier said than done, hard to do. And the other thing that is good about serving out of a healthy soul and serving out of an understanding of people and a love for them while we understand, you know, that that, that they're so human is that it can keep us from getting hurt and worn out by the people we're trying to serve. When we have a healthy, you know, way of setting boundaries, prioritizing our own soul health and our own families and so on, um, then we can help them without then being hurt by them because some people will hurt us or some people will have unhealthiness in their own life that will affect us, right? And so we need to be able to, to serve people, and, but serving people should not drain the life out of your church. It shouldn't. Sometimes we take on people that need more help than you and I can give. They may need medication, they may need counseling, and so again, we serve and we help to the extent we can, but then we say, you know what, someone else is going to have to come along and help this person. I don't answer emails or phone calls after 7.30 at night, and there's a reason for that. It's just a boundary I set. You know, I, it could be all day long, all night long. So if I, I don't answer you after 7.30, it's not that I don't love you, Some I'm waiting. And Fridays, I try to take the whole day off and don't answer anything. Now, if you're in an emergency, Call me twice in a row and I'll know it's an emergency, all right? Um, but it, and we're a family. Of course we're there for each other in, in real emergencies, right? We're going to be there for one another. But, but it is healthy, church, to set a boundary and say, I just can't, I can't help you right now. It's 9 o'clock at night and I'm, I'm, I'm going to bed. And it's healthy. And this is the way in which we become people who then have a healthy soul, who are taking care of our own soul, who are filled up with Jesus, so we can keep giving out for year after year after year after year. I have so many friends in, in the pastorate who left after 20, 30 years of it because they couldn't take it anymore. It's too much. It's too, you know, too much expectation and too constant. And I'm like, I want to be in all of this life for the long haul. And whether you're in ministry or whether you're serving in your family, you're going to have, you know, your kids may be grown up, but you're going to have grandkids. We need, we need endless reserves, don't we, of love to give to others. But we're only going to have those endless reserves if we let Jesus fill us up. Does that make sense? Let him fill you up. Stop. Say, I'm sorry, I can't help you right now. i got to go spend some time with Jesus. I've got I to get filled up. The last thing I want us to remember, so we're remembering our identity, who we are in Christ. We're remembering that people are only human. <clears throat> and then the last thing we remember is who you're serving. Whom are you serving? At the end of the day, we are giving and serving and speaking and watching children and handing out groceries for an audience of one. It's for Jesus. It's for Jesus. Yes, we hope we help people. We hope they are helped. We hope they even appreciate what we do. Whether they do or they don't, we're doing it for Jesus. It's for him. It's for him. Colossians 3, 23 to 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the what? Who? Lord Christ you are serving. It is the Lord Christ you're serving. One of my favorite people of all time, I love to read her writings, is Mother Teresa. And, you know, she is this person who served the poorest of the poor in Calcutta, people who were dying. They're lying on the street, dirty, smelly, covered in sores, you know, just at death's door. And she would go there and she would, you know, tend to their wounds and pray over them and carry them into a place where they'd be under shelter. And she would always say that they are Christ in his distressing disguise. That smelly person is Christ in his distressing disguise. And that's what gave her the strength and the love to do what she did for these people because it's Jesus. It was Jesus she was serving. Of course, she loved the person, but she also just saw Jesus. It was Christ in his distressing disguise. When you love and serve others and give out of what you've received, you're serving Jesus. And he's so blessed and so pleased when he sees your heart that just wants to give back to him what He has given to you. It's such a beautiful thing. The only thing that matters, the only opinion that truly matters at the end of the day is God's. And people may appreciate you or may not. They may know what you did, maybe nobody will know what you did, but Jesus knows. In fact, I like to make it a habit sometimes of doing things that nobody knows about. It's good for your soul to not get any personal acclaim from it, but just to do it for Jesus. So some signs that we've forgotten who we're serving. We look for the praise of men and dwell on it, whether we're getting praise or not getting it. I, have a, I do have a tendency, if I get a nice email which says something nice about me, I like to reread it. Does anybody else do that? <laughs> I have to stop myself sometime. It does feel good, right, to get a nice, nice, nice compliment of some kind. But whether we're getting compliments or we're getting criticism, that, the, the, the reverse of that's true, though, right? You get one criticism email, and you reread that over and over again, too. That just shows we're not serving Jesus first. It's his opinion that matters. Um, We're looking for the praise of men instead of God. Um, Another sign that we've forgotten whom we're serving is when we get really nervous about performing well, that it's all got to go according to plan. We can't make a mistake. We're worried about what people say if we mess up. That's that perfectionistic thing we talked about a few weeks ago, and that will also mean that we're not serving. We're not doing it for Jesus. We're doing it for some other reason. Or we think, if I don't do this, everyone else will be mad at me. I want to say to you right now, don't do it unless Jesus tells you to do it. I'm going to say that right now when it comes to anything we ever ask for here. We ask for help for children's ministry. We, help, we ask for help, go grocery giveaway. We ask for help to clean up, do serve and all that. And, I, you know, I, I want all of you to help, okay? <laughs> because we need help. You know, we, we need people in children's ministry. But I don't want you doing anything that in your heart you're like, I'm not supposed to be doing that. I don't care if pastor beth asks you to your face please would you do this if you're feeling like jesus is saying no that's not what i'm supposed to be doing then you say me that's not what i'm supposed to be doing okay that is more important that we're listening to the holy spirit and we're but but the converse of that is true too if susan's up here talking about children's ministry and something inside of you is saying hmm i wonder if i should be doing that you better say yes to jesus Let us serve out of what God directs us for him, not because of pressure, but because we love him and we want to do what he is calling us to do. Does that make sense, church? Amen. And of course, finally, um, we we lose the joy in serving. When we forget who we're doing this for, we lose the joy. It becomes a chore rather than a gift. So let's do what we do for Jesus. Let's do it for the audience of one, for him. let's let's impress the heck out of jesus and do it for him (laughs) you know just love him and serve and i you know i i want to end this by just saying this you know this all calls for wisdom doesn't it wisdom in the moment wisdom we want to obey god and we want to love others and be generous and and a a giver and yet at the same time we also want to care for our souls and i want to just stay state what this doesn't mean is that it doesn't it doesn't mean that sometimes it won't be hard Okay? I'm not, what I'm not saying is that your soul's always going to feel just completely rested and great. It's like we're all retired, I have nothing else to do, we should just all feel happy. You know, like that's not life. Okay? Life is stressful and there's lots of hard things about it. Um, and so sometimes when we are even in a healthy place, life can be hard. Okay? Look at the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1. It's so interesting what he, how he talks to the Corinthians here. He says, we were under great pressure. Talking about himself and in ministry with some of the other disciples. For beyond, far beyond our ability to endure, they were being persecuted, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So, I mean, he's a lot of stress, but he still had a healthy soul. Listen to what he says a little bit later. He goes on to say kind of how these hardships didn't strike at the core of who he was. I love this in Second Corinthians 4. He said, first of all, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. He starts it with an identity statement. This treasure is Jesus inside this jar of clay. He's talking about himself. He's a jar of clay, He's got Jesus inside him to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We can have hard things pressing on us, but if we have a healthy soul, we will not be crushed, church. Perplexed, but not in despair. persecuted but not abandoned struck down, struck down but not destroyed we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body do you see the healthy soul that Paul had that he could be stretched and pressed and perplexed and all these things can be happening to him but yet his his soul is at peace with God and so he is able to withstand and to and to thrive and he says the life of Jesus is revealed in them amen so this is this is for us to realize we're not going to always have it easy it's not doesn't mean there's not going to be struggles but that we can be watchful of our souls in the midst of struggle in the midst of easy times be watchful to our souls that we don't fall back into those unhealthy patterns of trying to please others and trying to do it for the wrong reasons exhausting ourselves without taking time for our souls so how's your soul how's your soul this morning if after all this, you're like, I don't know how my soul is. I have a, a suggestion for you. Ask your spouse. Spouses know. Spouses know when we're stressed. They know when we're working too hard or, or not filling up enough with, with joyful times. They know us, right? If your wife or husband starts to say you're never home, the kids never see you, we always get the dregs of you, that's, that's, those are signs. That's a sign that the soul needs caring for, right? I'm going to close with this last verse, passage from 2 Corinthians, continuing in 2 Corinthians 9. Paul says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. I love this, such healthy giving. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. What a beautiful picture of healthy giving. And God then is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. See, we can be generous givers, and God is going to fill you up with everything you need. I want to ask us, church, to just remember to care for your soul. How's your soul? How's your soul? Let's, let's let Jesus restore our souls this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord God, we um, we're thankful that you care about our souls. That you restore our souls, Lord. That you um, care about all of us, Lord, not just one little piece of us, but you care about our hearts and our. Our hurts and our wounds. You care about our minds and what things we're, we're, we're struggling with and perplexed about and, and, and confused about. Lord, you care about our bodies and how we're struggling with health issues or, or, or just getting good balance and in, in eating and exercise. Lord, you, you care about our spirits and whether we're right with you or whether we're struggling, Lord. We're, like, you care about all of it. And God, we are so grateful. And so we, we ask, we allow you right now, Lord, to come in. Holy Spirit, We just want to open up our hearts to you holy spirit and let you examine our souls examine our souls lord and i think that god is speaking to some of you here that there are aspects of your soul that need strengthening that need restoration. And so I just want to ask as the music begins to play that we bring you these these parts of our souls. We're going to have prayer teams here at, this, at the tables. You're welcome to come up and have them pray with you about this aspect of your soul that needs strengthening. Or you can come up and just kneel at the front here and say, God, I want to give you this part of my soul maybe you're like every part of my soul is hurting right now so bring it all to Jesus let him fill you up few moments of response here. There's some quiet music, an opportunity for you to just talk to Jesus right now. This is, this is you time. And it's time for you to talk with your Father in heaven who loves you. And let him speak to you and let him restore your soul. It's not too late. And it's it's not too late to come to him for the first time. to you, Jesus. For the first or the hundredth time we come to you, we say, restore my soul.